I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched our first Walt Disney Alice comedy. Um, This is kind of his main his main series that kind of started his journey with animation. He did some laughograms before, uh, which was kind of kind of his first test with, with, with the idea of animation. Uh, but Alice comedies is, is a much more long running series of his. Um, and this was the very first one. Um, who wants to do a brief spoiler free plot synopsis? I can try. You may have to jump in there and rescue me. But anyway, okay. So um, a little girl, Alice, um, goes to Walt Disney's studio office, knocks on the door, and wants to see some funnies, as she puts it. And so he sits her in a chair, and um, she is watching um, on, you know, basically animation, almost like we would look at a TV. It's on the on the page, um, all this animation. So she's watching at first a little scenario with a little dog going into a dog house and, and all kinds of shenanigans just being insinuated. Anyway, then she, he ends up, um, she goes to the other artist and, and watches a lot of animation. So then that causes her, you know, she's excited. She loves the funnies. She goes home. You see her getting tucked into bed. And so then she ends up going into a dream world, hence the name Alice's Wonderland. And she starts having a, a dream that she's arrived to this little town and she's interacting with all of these funnies ends up being, you know, chased by a lion and wakes up and begins to tell her mom again. Yeah. I like your uh, use of the word funnies multiple times. That <laughs> well, was I very... Know. I just thought it no, was... No, it was very cute. <laughs> also, it was weird to think that in 1923, TVs did not exist. Yes. What did you guys think of this short? Um, it was pretty cute. I think I liked some of the Fleischer interactions more, but it was fun. It was a cute little thing and Alice was adorable. Yeah, it's interesting. This the the concept of this series is kind of purposefully the inverse of what the Out of the Inkwell series is, because um, the the idea at the time in 1923 that the Fleischers were doing was definitely being copied by other people. There's a series called Bobby Bumps that ends up doing pretty much ex- exclusively stuff like um, Out of the Inkwell late in its run, where it's like a live action person interacting with animated characters and the animated characters are like in the live action space and stuff like that. Like that was pretty um, popular and and well known at that point. So Disney kind of wanted to do an inverse where it's like, let's take a live action person and put them into animation Um, for better, for better or worse. That's kind of what the idea of this is. Um, and we'll have to have to see if it ever gets as interesting as the the Fleischers are able to do with their Out of Thinkwell series. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I guess I'm still kind of on the fence as far as what I would prefer. This is the the very first one that I saw, but I enjoyed it. Is what I'm saying at this point. I don't know if I like the Out of the Inkwell better than this. Oh, but sure. But this was this was cute. The little girl was darling. Um, it was also nice to... Well, to me, it was almost like everyone's watching a TV screen like we would do, of course, but they're just looking at a sketch and all this animation is going on. But it was cute. And then the interactions with the little girl 
in her dream where again she has now gone into that um that reality it was cute yeah no i think it's a cute little short um it's not it's not necessarily one i'd want to watch all the time but it's it's a cute little beginning of this series that i i haven't really watched i think i've watched one other one that's later just because it's the introduction of a character i know um but otherwise i haven't really watched this series so i'm curious to see where it goes if it ever gets as interesting as any of the later oswald shorts or what mickey mouse becomes well it'll be interesting to see is that character pete yes (laughs) (laughs) you're like do i i remember the stuff that you sent to me (laughs) let's have some fun facts so disney oopy works and their staff made the first alice comedy a one reel 10-ish minute 1923 short subject titled Alice's Wonderland while they were still heading the failing Laughogram studio. Uh, the film was never shown theatrically, nor was it meant to be, um, but was instead shown to protect it to prospective film distributors. Um, it's now available publicly because it's been released on various Disney DVDs, uh, I think generally as extras. But um, after completing the film, the studio went bankrupt and was forced to shut down. Mm-hmm. Disney kept sending out proposals for the Alice series in hopes of obtaining a distribution agreement. And a deal was finally arranged through Winkler Pictures, run by Margaret Winkler, who we've talked about before, mm-hmm. and her fiancé, Charles Mintz. Because of a recent falling out with Pat Sullivan, the studio needed a quick replacement for their centerpiece Felix the Cat animated series. Mm. So there was bad bad times between them and the uh, people who were making Felix the Cat at the time, and so they needed a new person, and Walt fit the bill. Um, and also just a pretty random little fun fact, the eighth episode of the 2014 Cartoon Network miniseries Over the Garden Wall, entitled Babes in the Woods, contains several direct visual references to this short, including the reception committee scene. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. When it's it's if you don't recall, babe, it's the one where he's where the little brother is uh, dreaming and is in the dreamscape and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So let's get specific. Let's start talking about story, characters, animation. Cartoon Studios look super fun in this video, <laughs> right? They're just like, let's watch these guys box. It's almost like they they like draw a character and then they like coach them to act and it's like let's see what they're doing what's what's their wacky antics yeah yeah i thought it was um it it was cute with them all surrounding and yeah again like you would watch we'd watch a fight and and at one point the two guys that were like on the top um behind of the of the Mm -hmm. pad they looked like the one guy thought he was hitting the other guy, but I don't know uh, if he was. I think he was yeah, just Yeah, there was gesturing. like a group of people yeah. surrounding one that was, had like a dog and a cat, I think, who were boxing each other. And they were just surrounding it. And like, clearly it was like they were at an actual show or whatever in terms of their enthusiasm. It yeah. was cute. It was funny. I think I liked the uh, Fleischer interacting it felt like more with the characters versus them like you were saying feeling like they're watching tv yeah uh the the most kind of interaction that i felt was with the mouse and the the an actual cat sitting next to one of the boards and the mouse was kind of stabbing at the cat and the cat wasn't doing anything until it it hopped off and it kind of felt like there was a you know action reaction of the mouse poking at it and the cat leaving but not really 
So, so in that part, it was less engaging than some of uh, of the other things that I've seen. Yeah, it was more just like you can kind of imagine being this little girl and being like, oh, what a fun, fantastical job that these guys get to have, um, rather than it feeling like these things are necessarily actually alive or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but then the the main part of the short is her dream where she is the one in a cartoon world. Mm-hmm. How did we how do we feel overall about her integration? And again, you know, this is the first one. But yeah, how did we feel about her being in that cartoon world? How did that scan for y'all? Uh, it felt it was kind of minimal. The most was near the end where she was being chased. But in the beginning, she's, you know, pretty static, waving, looking with, she was like being uh, carried or by elephants or something. And so she was in a uh, in a, oh, a center of the frame. Yeah, that was one of my favorite integration shots was her in that basket or whatever on top of the elephant. Yeah, but but she didn't move. It They made it look like she was moving by, like, it looked like the elephant in the parade were passing a crowd. But, like, she didn't move. So So it was pretty good about making you feel like stuff was happening without them having to do very much. Yeah, because, you know integrating these two mediums is hard especially at this point it's not like they have digital technologies to be able to just slam them together yeah i liked the uh when she was uh looking out the train uh and they had the the actual like set uh yeah in, in a, a where she could lean style. on the window yeah yeah that was cute yeah yeah there's there's definite like flickering of her figure Mm -hmm. throughout this this segment that i i think is not necessarily the film itself degrading so much as i think it's an artifact of the the integration the process yeah 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 so i mean again it, it was it was not well integrated in present day standards and and you know and what i'm used to when i look at things so in that sense it was very obvious and um and then to some of her little movements, which were cute, but like when her like to stay away and her, her little same little gestures, you know. Um, so there was not only a lot of repetition in the actual animation, but in, in her gestures. But, yeah, her gestures were kind of cartoony. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very, but, very exaggerated. Yeah. But again, she was just a cute, cute little girl. Yeah. And um and yeah, just kind of cute scenarios. Yeah, the the animated characters are all pretty generic for the time. Mm-hmm. Um there's no real it, it, I think it's kind of the mid twenties and on where they start different studios kind of start trying to differentiate their character designs a little more. And then Mickey'll come out and that'll all go away again because everyone tries to ate mickey style <laughs> but um i know that felix the cat in particular gets like a big redesign in the mid 1920s um oswald kind of has his own thing going on once he exists i, I don't know how the design shifts in alice comedies it'll be interesting to see but yeah I, I think it's a it's a cute little cartoon but like all of its aspects is like this is like the first one that you're doing yeah. of this series and it shows yeah and and as Danica was saying not not any variation like all the the dogs look the same all the cats look yeah. the same all the lions look the same yeah. Every, everything yeah looks yeah identical yeah for like the greeting committee to be the same three dogs doing yes. the and those same four thing. dogs oh, uh, yeah you can't i mean they all blend together but it was four dogs yeah yeah like the same <laughs> which animals. would be kind of cute 
by itself, but then that that is what everything else is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's kind of cute, and I think this might even be what Over the Garden Wall does. Is I think that their little re- reception committee like ha- has like three or four characters that do all look the same, but then that's not representative of everything else because of course that's a 2014 cartoon but yeah like it's obvious throughout that like it's like you have one character design for all of these animals and that's it yeah which i also find interesting because and and obviously it's the process of how they you know try to animate these things because there's a lot of creative people and you would think you could come up with a lot of different designs yeah i think it's definitely just you know, let fewer designs means you can just keep animating. You can animate the one lion and just repeat that a bunch rather than having to have multiple, like it's just more drawings, the more unique designs you have. Yeah. So uh, the main conflict in the story is, is uh, lions get out of the cartoon land. Yeah. Cartoon land zoo and start, uh, chasing Alice to to eat her, uh, but why? But this cartoon land is all animals. So why is why is there a zoo? Why yeah. do they have a zoo with other animals in the zoo? People people think that it started with Pluto and Goofy, but no, it goes so much farther back with yes. Walt. <laughs> his con- his confusing world of of anthropomorphic ish animals. Uh, like maybe it's like a. If it were a jail, <laughs> like these are the animals. That's kind of what I just be. interpreted as is like because that was the most directly carnivorous animal that we saw, and yeah. it's like you're too dangerous. We have to lock you away. But apparently, we're going to use bars that you can literally very easily bite yeah. through. <laughs> yes, this this Which, yeah, that lion. I mean, the the integrity of this cartoon world. It's kind of it kind of gives itself its own excuse to not hold up to scrutiny because it is literally all a dream. That's fair. Uh, I think if later cartoons do away with the dreamscape, then there's a little more like, okay, why this though? That's but fair. here it's like they do at least have the it is literally a dream excuse. Yeah, if this is Alice's imaginings of like, um, and they have a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's like, sure. Because it literally does say zoo. I yeah. Mean, it's not like, yeah. Uh, because the, I like your idea of just saying jail. You've been bad lions. You're in jail for now. Um, but you got to use stronger bars. I know, because literally this lion, not only does he just like turn his head and chew, like do this bar and happen, then he eats it and then does the other one. And I'm like, if he did it that easily, yeah. why would he? Why would they have been in there? And then to one really funny bit where the lion takes out his teeth, his mm-hmm. hall teeth, and he starts sharpening his teeth. And he keeps like looking up and when he's lo- looking up at Alice kind of like, okay, just hang on, hang on just a minute. And he keeps sharpening, <laughs> sharpening the teeth and then finally puts it back in his mouth. So why she was waiting, I don't know. <laughs> that would have yeah, been a good that, time to start yeah, running. Yeah, it seems like a great time to run, but... <laughs> yeah. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I mean, it's it's just really old, you know? Yeah. Like, it's... The Out of the Inkwells that we've watched and that we've particularly enjoyed are, is after... You know, we think of the Tantalizing Fly was the first one that we watched. And, and it was one of the earliest ones. And it's much more basic than what the Fleshers eventually do. And I imagine that that it's similar with this. I imagine the Alice comedies are going to get more interesting from here. Mm-hmm. This is a cute little thing, but it's like the animation is basic. The 
integration of the live action and the animation is basic. There's, you know, her her live action self like it kind of blinks sometimes with like white over it or whatever, like artifacts of this integration. Like there's there's aspects of it that are just clearly rough, but also this particular cartoon was never shown in theaters nor was it supposed to be. Yeah. It was just supposed to entice people to pick up a full series. So I mean, yeah. I think for that purpose it holds up decently, but for your average watching experience, it, I don't know how well it holds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my only criticism that you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me, there was just not enough emotional connection between the mom and the little girl. <laughs> She's a darling little girl. She should have hugged and given to her more loving kisses at night. <laughs> I have no notes. Uh, perfect, Mom. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite moment? I think it's when the uh, lions chase Alice into the tree, into holes, and, and you're supposed to be imagining what's happening in there as, like, uh, uh, sound effect words are, are popping out, like, help, or whatever zoom or it's not aided by the fact that they do that gag three times yes and and that's and it's only remotely well yeah they do it at the very beginning of the cartoon yeah but which at least you have stuff surrounding the edge of that happening that you can focus on because they're just looking at it sure but yeah it's there basically four times and it's only remotely funny the fourth time and that's just because they're able to like do more things with the rabbit coming out of the ground, mm-hmm. them going underground and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think that's probably my least favorite. It, it wasn't very interesting. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree too. Yes. What was your favorite moment? Um, this is a tie for me. Uh, I loved the train. It was adorable. Uh, so, so I think when the train is like looking over the edge, so cute, but also my favorite Alice moment is whenever she's telling people about her day, like her mom, that just felt so authentic of just like a kid of just like going babbling and the parents or whoever's like, yeah, great. And just doing whatever. And then she's like, my mean moving her hand. Like that felt, I think the least acted out of the stuff that she would do where she was like, oh, scared, move her arms up and... Uh, the just talking about whatever. I, I like that as well. Yeah, actually, I mine is almost identical. My favorite favorite was the little train. And again, peeking over the edge of that cliff was so cute. I love that train. But then mine actually, um, I did love when she was chatting to her mom, you know, uh, to go to bed and to wake up in the morning. But I also love the interaction between she and Walt. And he's holding her hand. And at one point, like they had watched one funny or something. And he's kneeling down and he's holding her little hand. And again, she's like, you know, just talking, you know, like about, I guess, what she liked about it or whatever. And again, that just seemed so genuine. And it was just so endearing to me, especially just fact knowing that, you know, I love Walt Disney and what he's brought to this world. So that just interaction was just, I don't know, really enjoyed. Um, Honestly, I kind of found myself enjoying the opening bit the most where she's just exploring the, the film studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just kind of enjoyed like all these guys doing their animating, but the animation is like happening without them. I don't know. It's it's silly and cute. Who is your least favorite character? 
The lions? Yeah, I was going to say the lions, I they guess. were too mean. They were too mean to there's, ba- there's basically Alice and kind of Walt. Like, there's not really characters in this one. Yeah, I guess. you're. Yeah, I don't know. Who's your favorite? I, I mean, Alice is adorable. I mean, that train, though. I really like the train. Oh, that's right. You I do like the train, train a lot. I'm like, uh, my favorite character immediately. Because it looked over, and then it did a little hop. <laughs> so sorry, train. No, that's fine. I'm going to go with Alice, though. She she was a cute little actress. Yeah, I, I think ultimately I'll go with Alice. But I'll tell you what, we are on the same wavelength, Valerie, because, again, <laughs> I just adored that train. I just love that so much. It's and, like a precursor to Casey Jr. and uh, Dumba. And then I actually also I really enjoyed the cat sitting um, the the real cat because oh. <laughs> because at one point again it's ignoring the mouse it's kind of like whatever I don't know what you're doing I don't care mouse but there were sometimes that there'd be something and its little ears would go up and it was like look kind of behind there kind of like what's going on you know in the studio or whatever behind and then finally it's like okay I'm out of here they anyway, probably like, like cat pay attention to the board <laughs> yeah. <Do> something yeah <laughs> and it's like why are you trying to tell a cat to do anything right. yes. <laughs> All right, let's uh, say whether or not we'd recommend it and what you would rate it. Uh, I guess I would recommend it for historical things, uh, but uh, like you were saying before, Danica, of this is to get you to actually order more things. So they're probably like doing the simplest but most impactful thing to to entice somebody to purchase, you know, a series. So. Uh, and it's not like this is the first technical, like, we. this is the first time we've integrated live action and animation. It's just not. Like, it's been done different ways and more entertaining ways. But if you're like, this is, you know, the first step in, in Disney's, you know, another step in Disney's uh, rise to whatever, that's fine. If for historical ways, historical purposes, sure, I, I guess I'd recommend it. Score-wise, I'm all over the place with shorts. I guess I'd probably do 1.5. 1.5. I'm I'm really on the same wavelength with you today. (laughs) Um, In that, uh, yes, I would would recommend, but it's not a must-see. But again, if you are very interested in, in the origins of Disney and, you know, getting started with all of his animation and so forth, then yeah, it, it's, it's cute. And it's, and it's again, historical. So it's the the beginning one, darling little actress. Uh, but again, lot, lots more other engaging uh, combinations of live action with animation, uh, especially in the out of the inkwell that we've, we've been um, sharing with you all. Uh, anyway, as far as rating, I don't know. I think I would say, do I want to go 1.75? I guess a 1.5 also. Yeah, yeah, I, I generally agree with everything y'all are saying. Um, yeah, this is the first one, so it's interesting for historical purposes, but I'm positive that later Alice comedies are more interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it a 1.75. Yeah, it's fine. Next time, it'll it'll probably be out of the inkwell or Felix. I, I feel like I need to do at least one more in 1923 before I scamper along to 1924, so... Um, yeah, probably one of those. <laughs> um, and then with our our next episode, of course, will be a, a movie, and it's a Japanese movie. So looking forward to Yay. checking it out. All right. All right. Well, gosh, you guys, thanks so much for joining us. We yes. love having you. Please, please um, like, subscribe. Uh, keep joining us. Just subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really like a podcast episode. 
Well, you can like it in your heart. True. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> metaphorically like us, not like in physical action. Yeah, okay. yeah. Love us even. But in a physical action, do subscribe. Yes, thank you. Yes. Great. Yes. yes. Uh, Bye. Bye. Love y'all. <laughs> This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Let's get into... No, wait. Cut this bit. Hey, Valerie, cut this. Cut this bit. (laughs)